Welcome to the SPU Voices podcast, where we tell personal stories that have universal impact. I'm your host, Amanda Stubbert, and this is my producer, Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. This episode, we spoke with Dr. Julieta Altamoreno-Crosby. She works both in Washington State and Guerrero, Mexico, with bicultural students who have barriers to education, creating better pathways to opportunity for all. Have you ever felt you didn't have a voice? Do you want to give a voice to others? Then this is the episode for you. Dr. Alta Moreno-Crosby has a master's degree in communication science and a PhD in social communication. She recently added a master's in educational leadership from Seattle Pacific University in 2018. She was born and raised in Guerrero, Mexico, has a long track record of collaboration and relationship building in education and government settings to break down discrimination, increase accessibility to education, and spread cultural awareness. This is a fight she understands on a very personal level. She came to the U.S. with limited English and was devastated by her inability to help her daughter in school. But once she improved her English skills, she became an advocate for others without a voice. Her work is centered on the belief that a person's identity and growth are closely tied to their understanding and appreciation of culture and language. Julieta, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. It's an honor. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you are a wonderful person to be around, let me just say. If uh, you're listening to this and you haven't met Julieta in person, go find a time to meet her in person. As most people we interview around here, you book someone to come and speak because of what they've done, but then you find you love their story because of who they are. So I just wanted to, to give you that compliment here on the air. I know that you've always wanted to give a voice to those who don't have a way to advocate for themselves. So let's start with uh, the beginning of your story. Let's start by talking about how you started your career and the work that you were doing in Mexico. How I started my career? (laughs) Well, I was born and raised in Mexico in Guerrero State. And I came here uh, 10 years ago um, with no language skills. Um, And for two years, well, I didn't have voice. I have to um, enroll myself in the Everett Community College to take uh, ELL classes. And I started in level three. It was painful. I finished and accomplished the ELL classes in level six. Uh, but thankfully, during those times, I I find out uh, many good people around. And one of those people told me, uh, hey, you're looking for a job. Uh, they are hiring right now in uh, this agency to be an interpreter. So I did that. And then I started working as an interpreter, doing social and medical. I think that we, as a humans, we have to give back. And um, talking about when I came here with no language skills, um, that was a learning experience too. And I think that made me feel more uh, vulnerable and humble. 
and uh, give me the opportunity to rethink. Uh, it's like, okay, if I came here with the level education as PhD, and I don't know how to navigate in the school system, how to connect with the rest of the people. I wondering how the rest of the parents, they don't have the level of education, how they do that. After uh, being an interpreter, uh, I started working uh, with the Macotillo School District as a parent liaison, but Horizon High School has 68% Latino students and have one person by then, the part-time, they only speak Spanish. It's like uh, I didn't have a magic power right there, right. but I did what I did. So you came to the United States with a PhD, but without language skills, and trying to navigate the school system and get your daughter through the school system was, was very painful and very difficult. And so then once you had the language skills, you decided you were going to give back and help others who were in the same position. So you took a part-time job at Horizon High School, 68% Spanish-speaking, and yet one part-time person that's supposed to be helping these families navigate their way through school. I just I just wanted to yes. point out that statistic because I don't even think every high school even has anyone to help in that scenario and and how, how big that problem is, how big that divide is. Well, it's still, and I remember by then, uh, I'm going to go back a little bit. When I came, uh, the most important thing is the education of my data, right? And I think that every family and uh, with teachers, we have a common sense and common goal. They have successful students, successful kids. But unfortunately, when we come in from different cultural backgrounds, I mean, we are not able to accomplish. Uh, for example, my day by day since I arrived to this country, for six months I drove every day to my daughter's school open the door and see the person who was attending in the office. We look at each other with no communication and I close the door, go back to my car, smash the wheel and start crying and feel vulnerable, worthless, frustrated. And this, the next day I did the same. Of course, after six months doing the same behavior, uh, the person maybe when they look at me, ah, the crazy Latina coming again, right? <laughs> like, oh no, she's back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I start acknowledge. I mean, this is a different world, right? And and then taking classes in Everett Community College, I met different people. They, and then I start to identify that unfortunately those families they don't have the level of education. And then I start to like acknowledge, wow, I mean if I'm not able to communicate, everybody wants to advocate for their kids. But they don't have the language skills, they don't have the education, they don't have the self-esteem, they don't have the security themselves and you can add everything that you want to. And of course you feel worthless, uh, small and you don't want to go to the school because you feel worthless. It's not because you don't want to connect and you don't care about the education that your kids. It's because it's not that welcoming environment or uh, something, right? I have two of my own kids, you know, that are, one's about to be a senior in high school and one's a student here at SPU. And I, I know how frustrating it is when your child is struggling or when you're struggling with a situation and you can't seem to find a way through. And I think every parent has gone through that. And yet I speak English. And like you said, and I have an education and I, I know I can go to people and ask for help. How unbelievably frustrating and like you said, vulnerable it is when all you want to do is help your child and you don't know what else to do. And till now, I think that I fail. 
because um, I wasn't able to know 100% what uh, the students need in order to go to college. Uh, for example, I realized about the, all these things, the FATSA or the, all the tests that they, they, they do. Uh, if I wouldn't know by then in middle school when my data was in, in, in the middle school in the beginning, I, if I wouldn't know what I know now, I go to the consulate and say, hey, let's do a plan for my data and I want to create a pathway, right? Because now I know that the key person that has uh, more connection with the families is the counselor. But if we talk about it, how many counselors, the time is TikTok, right? It's like uh, it's so few minutes, and the parents they don't know. So I I, I think that I fail because uh, I wouldn't do better for my data and, and, and able to find a mentor or something for uh, do the the test. It's hard. To, it's so hard when you don't know what you don't know. I remember once you told me that simply translating doesn't always help either. You had mentioned to me about a parent-teacher conference and how when you translated the word conference, you thought of it as like a work conference where you go in a class in a big, in a big room and you sit and you learn from someone in the front and you thought, well, I'm not going to understand them anyway. I'm not going to go to that instead of what a parent-teacher conference is, which is a one-on-one with your child's teacher. And it just boggles my mind when you, you realize how deep the divide is and how often those even who are trying to help don't even realize you know, where those gaps are, which is how you ended up at SPD, yes, right? Because that's the reason. Uh, just make sure I have all the details, right? So you were doing research for the Archdiocese of Seattle and for the Mukilteo School District and uh, several several others doing work to, again, help bridge this gap and help prove what's actually going to be helpful in the daily lives of families. And then you came across a professor from SPU's education department. Yes, uh Working with the Archdiocese of Seattle as a director of Latino enrollment of the 74 Catholic schools was a, an amazing experience. Um, I learned a lot. Number one, uh, know 100% the system and different system between private sector and public sector and build relationships across the, the state. Uh, across uh, with leaderships, you know, and, and know every single one. So when I was working for the Archives of, of Seattle, I have the fortune to know and met uh, Dr. Bon, mm-hmm. John. He's amazing. He's my mentor. And um, he invited me to talk during his classes. He's an expert in family engagement is what he teach. And uh, I talk with all the these teachers. They are, they I want to be in a principals, and it's the first time that I visit SPU. And after that, he contact me and invite me to be in a co-presenter in the Guera, which is Washington Education Resource Association. There's once a year, and um, I was really uh, like. <laughs> The nowhere is like that invitation is really you invite me to be in a co-presenter. I mean, I was 
unbelievable as it was for me. And I said, well, I want to make sure only to share with you that I'm no longer working as a director of the Latino enrollment because I don't know here, but in Mexico, when you have no that huge title, you are nobody, right? <laughs> so it's like, I want to make sure that, that you acknowledge this. And he said, yes, that's fine. So 2016, that was the first time that I uh, was a co-presenter with him. And then he, we did again in the 2017 and 2018. And then 2016, he asked me uh, what was my idea or goal to be accomplished. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And then he said, well, I'm no advertised the SPU, but I want to share with you that this is this program about the administrator certification program and also the master in educational leadership. So, but I'm very thankful to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, we're very thankful that you came here <laughs> and joined our community. Uh, so now you're serving as the president and founder of your Wagro Foundation. So I want to talk about that. But then I also want to talk about the Snohomish County Commission for Human Rights and a number of the other boards and committees that you now sit on. Um, so before we get to the boards, let's talk about your WAGRO and, and the work that they're doing. Okay, well, WAGRO Foundation started in 2012. And I never thought to come in this country to start a nonprofit or to be involved in a lot of committees. Uh, it was uh, like circumstantial how they appears because when I start to acknowledge all the uh, difficulties that our community passed through, I start to get uh, insights and have focus groups and uh, start to go outside the schools. By then, I don't even know about the rules, and I break those. I I didn't know everything has to be with policies and go on regulations and talk to the principal to talk with the, the students, right, or the, the families. So... Anyways, start like develop uh, programs according with the needs, and then uh, my husband and I we start Guagro, which is uh, Washington Guerrero. We put that name because I live in Washington and I'm from Guerrero State, and we are focused in education 100% in uh, science and art. And education for me is uh, everything. It's not only about the schools, uh, it's what to learn every day because when we come in from different countries, I mean, even though that you drive, you have to go and take classes to get your license. So that is educate yourself. And if you are going to enroll to your child in the school, you have to know what is PTA, PTO, and all the acronyms that nobody explained you. And so it's educate yourself every day. And science, we are focused uh, in doing STEAM uh, with the kids, uh, summer camps through NASA and NSP through University of Washington since last year. And uh, this year we accomplished three summer camps. So overall, uh, what we do is uh, connect with our roots and don't lose our identity and language and uh, adapt ourselves. But uh, WAGRO is amazing. We work um, in partnerships with different organizations across the state and across uh, also uh, 
well, the country and, and, and Mexico, because in Mexico we are focused on kids with disabilities, and we have amazing volunteers that we travel over there like every three months for three years to try to blend in the education, special education system in the United States with uh, Mexico. So one, the schools over there in Cihuatanejo opened the doors for us <clears throat> in order to, to be able to learn together. And we work with the community, uh, bring awareness, and uh, we did the, a lot of community events and expose those students and uh, different uh, events, the cultural events, musical events, because Mexico and the words of the experts, they, they are volunteers for what that program, there is the Wagro focusing. They said that. Uh, Mexico is behind around like 20 years uh, in the system. Yeah. Uh, over there, they still, they, uh, like, they, you don't see many kids outside. So you, it's the stigma still, right? If you have a child with disability, you keep in your home. Mm. There's no way that in that <clears throat> particular school that we start, they were only 55 kids. They are not only five, 55 kids and all across that area wow. to have that, but it's, uh, in that school uh, particular, they hold kids the zero years old to 21 years old. So if they are blind or whatever disability, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, they are there together. So it's a learning process and that was in shock and impact, but uh, we developed appropriate programs and I think that for the teachers, they live here and they work in different school districts. The day awaits uh, is the learning about the culture and they understand how sensitive topic it is and being building empathy for the parents because before I heard a lot that, hey, the Latinos, they don't care about education. It's, yes, we do. But unfortunately, it's not yet developed a proper family engagement plan. But you are working on that. <laughs> day by day. <laughs> and I, you've won, uh, and Wagro has won some great awards. The Spirit 105.3 uh, gave you a, an award, and I know the county did as well. And now you get to sit on a number of, like, like the Snohomish County Commission for Human Rights. Um, like you said, going sort of upstream to where the policy gets made. But the reason that I want to bring that up is because I think of my own self and so many of us. When you go through your most difficult time of life, you know, coming where you had a career and a PhD and kind of had the world by a string, and then you come to the United States and go through such a hard time, um, and coming out the other side, I think so many people would have wanted to just put that behind them instead of continuously putting yourself in a place where you were still the only person who looks like you in the room and sort of fighting to be heard. And that there's so much strength in that, in continuing to put yourself in that position. And so I just want to know for myself as a woman, as a mom, um, as an advocate, where does that fire come from? How do you how do you keep putting yourself in that position to advocate for others? For my family. Uh, family is my center, is my heart and my soul. And my parents, they did a wonderful job with myself and with my brothers. And always they they develop uh, values with us. They teach us and they develop a uh, light self-esteem and security ourselves. So 
applied to an education. So uh, I think that if I didn't have a solid foundation and family with values, I I wouldn't be a fire, uh, honestly. And and then my husband always he uh, helped me go through because I remember when I was working as an interpreter. <laughs> Uh, day before the, I go to school, even though the six the GPS is like um, I, I was nervous, and so he dropped me one day before and say, "Hey, this is the school that you're going to go tomorrow." So uh, a lot of patience, but uh, believe me, uh, don't take me wrong. Uh, when I came here uh, for six months, I packing and unpacking. I was angry with with everybody. I was ready to. F- fight with everybody because it's like how you feel with anger inside too so and then I acknowledge and uh, in Mexico we have one uh, phrase they say renovarte o morir so it's like renew yourself or die I mean significance if if I renew is take the decision that okay I live here and I have to go through I have to adapt myself I have to speak English because Otherwise, I won't be able to advocate for myself or advocate for my data, communicate with everybody, and maybe perhaps get a better job or something like that. And that means, okay, I stay where I am and I bring my child every day and I'm not involved in anything and I, I decide to renew myself. And many parents, they don't have that courage to do it uh, because they feel worthless and they have they don't have that fire inside the or maybe they have but they don't feel strong or they think that they don't have the boys here or they think they are nobody here so i think they they have a solid foundation that's uh is what helped me to go through with all this and uh i was thinking always in my data and uh, i i always i want to be an example for her and if I across the border and I left out all my family there and friends and you cut with your roots with everything, well, at least made this trip is worth it. And it's, it's what I maintain myself every day, you know? I mean, it's like, no, I'm, I don't want to be a loser, although I fail many times, but I'm learning. And um, so as I remember my dad, my dad, and my mom, they're perfect examples for me because my dad finished only the third year of elementary school. And my mom finished the middle school. And yet, even though the, the, my dad finished that level, the elementary, he knocked doors and he doesn't care if the people answer or no. I mean, it's like, okay, you knock doors and if they say you no, know, I mean, you don't have anything, right? So if they say yes, it's uh, a win. <laughs> So and my mom do the same. So I think that is what made me do who I am right now. And I know you're you're taking on another huge challenge as we speak. Um, you're running for Linwood City Council, <laughs> which is such a huge leap of faith and step out out of your comfort zone. I don't know about you. It's such a huge step out of my comfort zone. We wish you well in all of your endeavors coming up here. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it is. Politics, uh, for me, that's universal language. Uh, and then 
coming here and working and I know they have to be involved in a lot of committees and being part of that if we want to make a difference because I work in the, in the level with the community and enjoy that, but uh, your voice is there only. And if you want to change the policies and all laws and different things to advocate, uh, you have to sit down in that chair with the, the rest of the people in the cabinet level. And um, in many committees, I'm the only Latina, and I I learning a lot. and. Well, talking about politics, I never thought to come in and running for city council. So there's a, a joy, a learning experience, and I have a lot of friends that support me and my family too. But uh, if you ask me that like 10 years ago, I say, hey, what are you going to do? I say, uh, I, <laughs> neither in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> happens that right it's like okay god always has surprises for us god right? has a plan yeah. for everybody and that's the reason i put in god hands every single thing because uh, i don't plan in i'm not <laughs> well uh let's end with the same question i like to ask everyone obviously you there's something about you that is different because you've achieved a lot of things and been through a lot of things differently than the rest of us. So from your experience, what is one thing that if everybody in Seattle got up tomorrow and did this one thing different, it would make Seattle a better place? Consistency and uh, don't hesitate to knock doors because sometimes, it, oh, what about if they say no? Well, how they say uh, necio is the, the word in uh, Spanish, what is says uh, Stubborn or stubborn? Stubborn, yeah. As as who I am. I never thought it's gonna be a positive thing, but it is. And I learned that from my husband. No take no for answer. I don't I never put pressure on anybody, but uh yet I email everybody and um I think that is the successful and always think about it. The what I talk to the community or the families always I said, well, you pass through the most difficult times, which is you across the border. So that was a more horrible, difficult time, and you are here, so have the courage to go and talk to people, find resources, and until they bring you an interpreter or something. But uh, we have to do that, and we have to acknowledge that the worst scenario that happened is what? You know, right. I mean, be present. At least the the, the principals or, or whatever they're gonna see. Oh, that that's this person again. So of course they care about it, and be present. All right. So we're gonna think of your story. We're going to renew ourselves, and we're gonna be stubborn because we want to be more like you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being with us and sharing no, your story today. Thank you so much. And you know, in my journey, I can say SPU honestly changed my life. I find an amazing people, a lot of support. Till now, that I'm I'm not a student at SPU anymore, but I bother Dr. John every time. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, Dr. Prenovos, and yes, and everybody, if I have questions, but uh, everybody, they are very nice. Mm -hmm. And the environment here in SPU is amazing, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>